Hello and welcome to the Track Talk podcast. Today we are reviewing a Spanish Grand Prix and it was pretty decent to be fair. I'm joined by Jay and Charlotte. How are you guys? I'm really, really good then. It's been a... It was a surprisingly good Spanish Grand Prix weekend. It certainly uh, exceeded my expectations and I'm buzzing because, to be honest, my highlight of the weekend was on Friday Friday morning when a certain Nick DeVries decided to, uh, not decided, he was put in the Williams seat, he beat Nicholas Latifi, he beat Yuri Vipson in a much faster Red Bull. What else does this man have to do to get into Formula One? Please, Charlotte, tell me the answer to that question. Um, Shouldn't you have said hi yet? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so I just screamed with the bus there. Um, just, I just find it funny. It's like thirty seconds into this intro, and Nick DeVries has come up already. I'm so happy for you, Jay. Oh, thank you. Um, but yeah, just to kind of continue from what Jay said, it was a good Spanish Grand Prix considering this track hasn't provided the best races in the past, but. We saw some good on-track action. I thought it was brilliant. And yeah, I really think we should be seeing Nick DeVries in an F1 seat next year. I Like Jay said, I don't know what he needs to do. I don't know. I really don't know. Does he have to pay someone? Does he have to give someone a foot massage? Who knows? I don't know what else he can do. <laughs> That's a horrible <laughs> thought. Um, I don't know. He, he needs to find a sponsor is what he needs to do. He needs to find a man or a woman with a lot of money. I'm going to put a track talk on the side of that Williams car next year. And he's going to oh be there. Oh my gosh, yeah. Are you <laughs> yeah, because like, you you, you like our logo is like a similar blue to uh, the Williams blue, I think. Oh, yeah. From like last year, maybe not this year, this is darker. But um, I wouldn't mind like a little little track talk logo. Yeah, we'll try and get right, Nick DeVries on the podcast for you and we'll ask him all about it. I might just go to um, Formula E London and just barge into the paddock and be like, hi mate, yeah. look, I've got an opportunity of a lifetime for you here. <laughs> <laughs> What's in it for him? Nothing is in it for Nick DeVries at all. Yeah, I just want a selfie. <laughs> yeah, literally. No, we'll, do you we'll, want a we'll... picture with me? Yes, that is me, Jacob. We'll get him on the podcast. That's what we'll do. We'll get him on the podcast. <laughs> and we'll say, we are going to plaster our logo all over your F1 card deal. He doesn't get a choice. For, just for one pound a month. For one pound a month. <laughs> that sounds good to me. Um, did anyone else want to say anything else about practice other than Nick DeFries beat Latifi and Yuri Vips and everything else Shay was gushing about? Which you did. Um, Nick DeVries beat Latifi and Yuri Vips. I'll say it again. <laughs> right, we'll move on to qualifying. <laughs> um, qualifying was, you know, all right. You can't crash really in Spain, so there weren't any major surprises. The two Williams were last and second last. Double Q1 exit for Aston Martin. We spoke a lot about them. Mm. Sort of the green Red Bull didn't work, the, eh? Yeah, the Dan Fallows mobile. The Dan Fallows mobile must have not been fueled properly. It was shocking still. It's tough because last time Aston Martin slash Racing Point went down the route of copying the best car, they were really good. So does this mean that they haven't copied it correctly or... Is it just something maybe the drivers got to get used to it? It's hard to sort of understand why they were so poor. I think, especially after practice, there was sort of, you know, genuine optimism. I think Vettel had a good practice one. I think, they, you know, there was a bit of hype around them and people were sort of expecting to see them in towards the top 10, but they had sort of just gone nowhere from Miami. Vettel was P16 in practice one. Okay, I don't know where I've got that from. Maybe maybe it was practice two. He, I'm, I'm sure there was like. He was eighth in practice two. Okay, think, there we go. Think, practice two. Thank you, Dad, for saving me there. You're, <laughs> You're not going crazy. Um, 
Yeah, it's it's a shame for Aston Martin. I don't really know how much to say. I know that when Armstrong was like, no, we haven't copied anyone. And if so, Dan Fallows has only just joined the team within the last like month or so. So how could he have... How could we have made this car that quickly? You know, we've had these plans up in the works. This B car, as they were calling it, kind of thing. Um, but, yeah, evidently there's still a lot more work to do for them. I'd love to know what would happen if they strolls asked in the media pen, did you copy a car? And Stroll went, yeah. And we just had their documents and we copied it. <laughs> like, what would happen? ain't broke. <laughs> yeah, what would happen? I would that be quite interesting. Just, that's just like pleading guilty, isn't it? If you do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the yeah, press officer probably would have a lot to answer for. Yeah, just leave, leave, leave the pen, get out. Yeah, that'd be quite funny, actually. Uh, Land, uh, not Lando, Fernando, sorry, it rhymed, was also knocked out in Q1, which is kind of a surprise. Yeah, I don't know, really, because Alpine have been pretty solid this year. But, you know, I guess maybe Fernando wanted to put on an exhibition, as we'll get onto later. Maybe. Um, P15, Joe Granue got out of Q1 again and then ran out of tyre sets, so decent enough. P14, Gasly, P13, Sonoda. Fair play, Sonoda, for out-qualifying Gasly, but that AlphaTauri is looking tricky. It's looking like the 2019 Toro Rosso. I think under AlphaTauri, they sort of made gains towards the upper midfield. But it was like this year, they've sort of cemented themselves as, not quite with the rear gunners, Aston Martin and um, Williams, but they're sort of the back of the midfield. They're probably yeah. the slowest team other than, so the third slowest team. Yeah, I mean, not really much more to add. You did see that the team were apologising to Pierre um, after that Q2 session. Um, and it's a shame because we know Pierre's potential. We saw it last year of how well he was performing. Um, so we know he's more than capable. And the same with Yuki. We know he's a fast driver. Yeah. yeah. I don't really know much more to add, really. Do you know what I love? Um, Pierre Gasly's engineer. I Look, love his voice. His voice is so just calming. Really his name's Pierre. Pierre as well. Isn't yeah, it? it's Pierre. They're yeah. both Pierre. How cool I is that? I love it. I love it. Team of Pierre's. Um, Ocon P12, Lando P11. Lando got through, but his lap time was deleted, right? Indeed. Yeah. Which I meant think he... Schumacher got through as well in the next note, but go on about Lando. Yeah, I th he exceeded uh, track limits at turn 12, I believe, and I think the team had um, tried to get on the phone to the um, race control and FA to be like, uh, really? Is that happening? Um, as annoying as that was, it was very exciting to see Mick Schumacher sorry, make his first Q3 appearance. The one week once again that I don't put a prediction of Mick Schumacher. Honestly, every time... Um, but yeah, at least he was P11 and not further down in the Q2 field, but definitely not ideal. See, with this whole track limits thing, I'm not really too sure how to feel about it because, you know, it's good to see the stewards enforcing track limits. I think last time there were occasions where they just went, you know, do what you want people, you know, track limits don't exist. And it's hard to please it in an era of F1 where a runoff or tarmac runoff is so prominent. But then that corner, turn 12 on the exit, there's a gravel trap. So, I mean, it looks like you can go beyond the white line, but is he really gaining that much of an advantage? So I'm not too sure what you guys think, but I'm not too sure whether I should be like, yes, Stuart, well done, you're cracking down on, you know, essentially gaining an advantage unfairly. But at the same time, if there's gravel there, do you need to enforce the track limits? 
I think the problem is they don't want to get into the same mess that the old lot of stewards and race directors were in, where it was some corners were enforced and some weren't. So they've just gone white lines is the yeah. track every corner, which I well, think I is have to probably say, better. I do have to say I do I did find it weird, like you said, Jay, because if you do go any further, you're in the gravel. So it's a bit like oh, I love gravel. As we all know, Dan's favourite thing. Um, so, <laughs> it was a bit of a weird one, but it is the first weekend with this new race director. Um, it was his first race weekend. I can't remember his name, unfortunately. Um, so, I don't know if also he's trying to make his mark, maybe. Um, but, yeah, I did think it was a little bit strange. It's not like it has a big runoff area. If so, I understood that. But with gravel? Hmm. Yeah, I still see why they did it, though. Uh, Ricardo P9. Decent. Right. That qualified Lando. Yeah. yeah, I I mean, he didn't make a Q3 lap, which I don't know why. Um, he did one lap and he didn't come out again, basically. He only did one go. Um, oh, yeah. I'm not too sure why. Maybe tenths trying to save tyres, or...? I really don't know. Maybe McLaren didn't think he'd get there. I really don't know. <laughs> Sorry, Daniel. Um... K-Mag P8, that's quite good. Very good. Go on, K-Mag. Um, Bottas P7, sensational. Lewis Hamilton <laughs> P6, uh, Perez P5, Russell P4. That Mercedes did look better, but it, it still doesn't look like it can challenge for pole. It looked better. I think they're still half a second or so off of, um, off of Ferrari and Red Bull. Maybe they can claw that back in Monaco. That track might suit them a bit more. But I think shout yeah. out to George Russell. He's done very well. Obviously, out qualified Lewis Hamilton, which is no mean feat. And then he also managed to get ahead of Perez. So, you know, he's really settled in at that, at that Merck team. I think we, you see like a lot of drivers when they get promoted up to the to the big leagues, they take a bit of time to adapt. You know, Perez last year, obviously Gasly really struggled. Albon struggled. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. I mean, look Daniel. Like, yeah, Daniel. I mean, did Daniel really go to a big team? Was it like a sideways move? What do you think? Well, they did. Well, yeah, he struggled move teams. Well, they McLaren were doing better than Renault, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a fair point. But uh, Russell, I mean, I know he's probably done like absolute years on the simulator with um, with Merck before, and obviously he's done a few tests with them as well. But he's really settled in well, and he's looking like more than a match for Lewis Hamilton. He is. He's having a really good year. That car, he seems to have clicked with and found something that Lewis hasn't. But he's having a really good year, to be fair to him. Uh, Sainz P3, Verstappen P2, and Charles Leclerc on pole by quite a margin. He was on pole by about three and a half tenths. That's quite a lot. I think it's because Verstappen messed up his final run, didn't he? But at the same time, Charles pulled out a really good lap. Because his yeah. first lap, he spun out, so he wasn't able to set time. Went straight to the pits. I don't know, one chance to get that lap right. And, oof, he did. And it was by three temps, so a lot. I don't know about you guys, but if I was an F1 driver and I'd spun on that corner on my previous flying lap, I'd be absolutely bricking it going in there again. Because yeah. like, you, you know what's happened, and you know that this lap is so vital, otherwise you're going to qualify P10, and that's the race done. So I think just I've, you have to sort of admire their mental strength and their mm. capacity to just, you know, not sort of get bogged down by setbacks and just keep coming back. As I, said, I think it was a tremendous lap, tremendous performance, especially after the spin on his first run. Indeed. Yeah, it was fair... Oh, message. Fair play. Yeah, that was a Sean Leclerc saying thank you to me. 
enough. <laughs> On the phone with Charles Leclerc. Um, pre-race, Lando Norris was not feeling particularly well. We now know it was tonsillitis. We didn't know what it was at the time, but he was having a poor morning. He was sat down on the driver parade he was throwing up he didn't do any media he was he was not having fun yeah he wasn't even there for the national anthem um and as well with that heat that they had i believe it was like 37 oh, degrees like when dan and i were at silver zone it was like 31 and i was melting Oof. that day it was Oof, painful horrible. so let alone 37 that is definitely not helping if you're feeling unwell and have a fever so Honestly, how he got in that car and got to the end of that race is very, very admirable. Yeah, and he drove well as well, which we'll get to. Go on, Jay. No, I'll just say that what Charlotte said, you know, mega effort to uh, to do what he'd done with the kind of state he was in. He managed to beat his teammate again. Um, yeah, you. I think sort of on those days where you're not up to it, to still score points it's, that's a sign of a, of a good driver yeah, one who's absolutely. maybe in that top bracket conversation maybe Ooh. Charlotte will love you for saying that um, let's move on and talk about the race let's go through team by team and see what their fortunes were Haas I think yet again for Haas it's what could have been is the yeah. way they're going to look back on this weekend no points scored K-Meg P17 Schumacher P14 Schumacher was on a pretty difficult strategy. He was in the points for quite a while and then he just was. dropped like a stone. And Magnussen had contact with Lewis right at the start, which ruined his race. Yeah. Uh, well, Schumacher first, he got absolutely swallowed up, didn't he? I think he was what, running P, honestly, P10 or P9. Uh, towards the end of the day, like, Sonoda got past him, Vettel got past him, everyone's went past him. He just completely ran out of pace. And I actually want to get your guys' opinion on the uh, Magnussen Hamilton incident. Who do you think is at fault? Was it a racing incident? You know. Well, I was gonna ask you guys that. Oh, so I got in there quickly. So, okay, let's do it like this. You want me to start? Shall I say my opinion? Yeah, I think we should do it based on. So, like a hundred percent of the blame. How do you divvy that out? Oh. Um. So I believe, I don't know percentage-wise, but I do believe Magnussen was more at fault than Hamilton. Mm, I'd say so. Because I believe Hamilton was on the racing line. Magnussen was going for a move, fair play. But I feel that he turned in and he was the car behind. He was never in front of Lewis within that scenario. Um, and basically just kind of turned in on him, bashed his own tyres. And then that was it, really. Um, which gave Lewis a puncture as well. So, yeah, I see how it was a racing incident. I don't think really any penalties needed to be applied um, to either driver. But I definitely think Magnussen was more at fault than Hamilton in that situation. Am I going? Fight me. Yes. Is Dan going to disagree? I think this... Not really, no. I think the stewards were right to give it as a racing incident. I'm glad there wasn't a penalty for yeah. it. I think, yeah, Magnussen, it was a bit ambitious. He was behind. He went for a move around the outside. Lewis seemed to understeer slightly. Like, his wheel was locked right, but he did understeer to the left slightly. So I, th I think um, Lewis could have done what well, he couldn't have done more to avoid it, but you have to attribute some blame to him and his car, whereas Magnussen obviously could have done more to avoid it. But I think a racing incident is probably the right decision. See, I've got a theory. I think if the car ahead of him, if, say, he's maybe P11... And the car in front of him is an Alpine. 
I don't think he goes for that move. I think Magnussen's seen as Lewis Hamilton, seen as a Mercedes, and thought, wow, like, you know, how often do you get to race against a Mercedes and get past them? So I think he's just, you know, naive, not naively, because like, the move was on, but he literally he literally left him no space. There was probably about a car width between Hamilton and the kerb and obviously mm. Magnussen's car. And, you know, open up a race, heavy on fuel, cold tyres. You've got, you've got to sort of allow for the, you know, the defending car to understand a little bit. So I just think... He was a bit naive in the move, and you know, Kevin Magnussen, he's an aggressive driver, I absolutely love that about him, but I just think he was maybe a bit too forceful in his attempts to get past Hampton. I don't know if that's because he, it was a Mercedes, or that it was just he'd have done it with anyone else, but I just think he should have maybe sat behind, or, you know, give us a bit more room on, on the inside. Well, just to add to that, because I really agree that it was a little bit, almost like he made the move too soon, because... Lewis was just fighting off with Carlos at that point, and then Carlos just, you know, confirmed that he stayed ahead. So Lewis was kind of maybe preoccupied with that, and Magnussen kind of just came straight in, going, right, I'm going to go around the outside. Just after Carlos had basically just got in front of Lewis. So I think he kind of came out of nowhere, and Lewis might not have seen that he was on his outside as quickly as maybe he should have. Like, you know, like Dan said, there was a bit of understeer. Definitely could have been close to the apex, but I just don't think that he maybe realised Magnussen was trying to go for that move when he did. And mm. I still think Magnussen turned in more than he should have. I it, it, It's tough as well, because yeah. I think Hamilton was sort of on, on a compromised line, going like in, in, into the braking zone. He probably wasn't where he'd want to be. Um, you know, obviously, offline's dirty, uh, so there's always issues. I mean, I think Magnussen had a right to go for the move he was just maybe a bit too close to Hamilton but the thing is is that if he got past him there cleanly we'd all be saying oh my days what a move yeah. Kevin Magnussen you know he's what has needed last year but you know it's just how it goes in Formula 1 sometimes I think that's just motorsport and that's that's how it went for him and it completely ruined his race because after that he was nowhere yeah yeah I'm I'm glad there wasn't a penalty for it though because I feel like if you're going to give a penalty for that sort of thing you're just killing racing really yeah I didn't want a penalty for any like either of those drivers because as well they both were at the back of the field anyways they both had to pit so it was like if you're giving someone a penalty as well it just would have been like why yeah yeah they probably would have just retired and gone, oh, no point, save the engine. Yeah, exactly. Well, Lewis wanted to. Yeah, you wanted to. Um, I don't blame him. We'll get to that, though, when we talk about when we talk about Lewis. Um, but Magnussen on the radio is pretty adamant. He was like, he knew what he was doing. Yeah. I don't think that's, a, mm. I don't think that's fair. I, didn't I think like he that. was angry. Yeah, it's very understandable. Tensions were high moment. in that moment. The adrenaline's running. You've just started the race. You had a decent start, and then you're hit off. But, yeah, I didn't like that comment. I didn't like that because that definitely wasn't the case, but that was just in that split second. I think maybe looking after, like looking at the situation after, he might have a different opinion, maybe. Yeah, I think that's fair. Right, let's move on to Williams. Um, Latifi kind of made up for a poor FP1 by pretty comprehensively beating Alex Albon. I know Albon had some floor damage, uh, but Latifi P16, Albon P18, still no points. But it's, I think it's exactly the kind of solid weekend that Latifi needs to maybe build a bit of confidence within himself. Nothing went wrong for him and he beat his teammate. I mean, I hear what you're saying, Dan. <laughs> I thought that was going to be a pretty but, unanimous agreement. No, though. no, like, I, I hear what you're saying. Well, like, I said that with chest. I but was we, surely we can't be going an F1 driver, you know, the pinnacle of motorsport. We can't go, <laughs> he's had a good weekend because he hasn't crashed. 
No, but, <laughs> no I, I know, I know, but it's not just that he hadn't crashed. He beat his teammate. He was driving pretty solidly. That car isn't a points-getting he... car. I know Albon's got them, but that's more a reflection on an Albon. He he made quite a nice move on someone. I can't remember who it was Is at it turn Magnuson? one. Is it Magnussen? Yeah, I so it was I, I don't know. Actually, fair play, Latifi. Let me not be too harsh on you, sir. You had a decent weekend, but yes, Latifi. It's just, I don't know, man. He's just, I just don't think he's he's cut for F one. And you know, you got so many talented drivers not in F one. You just want Nick De Vries in that. No, seat. it isn't. So it isn't. It isn't. Latifi honestly, hate. I can I can name five drivers right now who aren't in F one who I think are more deserving of that seat. Okay, go. Go on. Oh, okay. Um, well, De, De Vries. One. Uh, uh, De Vries, Hulkenberg, uh, Kvyat. What? No, what is this? They're better You're than the right. Latifi. And then obviously this? you've got the young guns in F2. Right. I mean, I could say Callum Island's probably more deserving as well. Okay. I can go for uh, Oscar, Oscar Piastri. I didn't know Finally, Oscar I was Piastri waiting for you to say that now. Um, I agree with that one. Maybe Jayan Deruva in F2. No. You know, no, there's a lot I mean, of people. You can't say Deruva. Well, I said five anyway. Deruva was six. Well so. done. I yeah, mean, but two I'm... of them have driven in F1 and have gone past their F1 time now. No, but the thing is, is that I reckon if you put Hulkenberg in an FP1 session, if you put Kivir in an FP1 session, they would beat Latifi. Probably. I think but... Giovinazzi, you put him in there. And, oh, and... Gio. Yeah, Gio, Charlotte's favourite. forgot about him. Yeah. <laughs> so did Charlotte. <laughs> Charlotte never knew I... he was there. <laughs> Mate, the second half of the season, I looked out for him all the time. Char- Charlotte I feel really thought... sorry for him. Because he is driving a broken Formula E car, yeah, and it's making yeah. him look a lot worse than, it, than he is. Um, anyway, should we move on from Williams? Yeah. Alpha. Let's go to let's go to Alpha right now. Here we go. Uh, no, I want to talk about Joe Guanyu because this man has the worst luck in the world. He he DNF'd again on that twenty eight with I think it was an engine failure, which is a bit of a common theme with from Ferrari power units. But he was doing so well again, and he's putting in some good drives. But he just can't finish a race through no fault of his own. Where was he before his engine cut out? I don't know, but he was making some considerable moves I think towards he was the point. To I think 10. he would have finished in the points if he'd finished that race. Because mm-hmm. that Alpha was a good car around that track. It was. Let it was. me see. Hold on one second. Yeah, but I do. Well, while Charlotte has a little butchers, uh, I do agree with you then. Joe's. He's really pretty wrong this year. I was. You know, maybe unfairly under the impression that he might be a bit of a Latifi. Um, well, I just this close by thinking about Latifi, but he's he's definitely proven his worth, and I think he had to because there's a lot of sort of controversy with the Twitter buzz or you know the whole Joe Piastri debate about who should get that out from Mercy. But he's proved his worth so far. Obviously, very unlucky, and I think he's sort of DNF went under the radar because it was what the lap after Leclerc's DNF. So couple, everyone, yeah. they, they sort of like cut him like five seconds and he was just poodling around and they cut back to like Verstappen or something like that. So um, yeah. it was a solid effort, but please Charlotte, take the floor. So on lap 29, Joe was in P12. Mm, not oh, bad. What a guy. Um, he started P15, so he's made up places from there. Yeah, he was doing he was doing pretty well. And it is a shame because, because he's having these issues, it is making you kind of, once again, my favourite sentence, forget about him in a way. And almost like... No, but in the sense of like, you kind of. I'm not going forgettable. I'm not. I'm more just saying like, you're not being able to kind of like work out where he kind of sits within this these twenty drivers and like his potential, if you know what I mean. Like, we haven't seen enough of him within F1. He had a really good start. 
which is almost mirroring in a way like Yuki last year, except it's just reliability issues once again. Yeah, which is yes, a common one point. theme this year, isn't it? It is. It is one point all year does not reflect the way that he's been driving. No, yeah, one point. One point in the opening wow. race, but he's had a couple of DNFs and a couple of yeah. P11s. I think he's yeah. had two P11s, two DNFs, and one like P something lower down. He's had a really solid year and deserves more points than he's got. Um, let's talk about the other Alfa Romeo driver though. Now I don't want to bash them because I do like Alfa Romeo as a team, and they've taken Bottas on and they've given him a brilliant car. But oh, that strategy call was questionable. No, I'm not bashing Bottas. Dan would Bosh- never bash Bottas. Bottas. No, that's never why I was Bottas. confused. Um, <laughs> I was like, no, what? but that strategy call from Alpha was a bit questionable because he was P4, Sainz was P5, Sainz boxed behind him for his third stop and was about 28, 29 seconds behind Bottas. So that's plenty of time for Bottas to pit again and then come out still ahead of Sainz on the same tyres, drive to the end because that his car was easily... Pace, uh, the same pace as Sainz's Ferrari because Sainz just couldn't get past him. He had some chances earlier in the race. But he just didn't stop. And I was looking at the times thinking he needs to stop soon. He's not going to get time. And then a few laps later I was like oh, now he doesn't have time to stop. He'll be overtaken by Sainz. Maybe they'll do that and give him fresh rubber at the end. They just never stopped him. He was just left out to dry like a pigeon. No, that, well, did he only that do doesn't make any stops sense. in the end? Yeah, he only did two stops and got overtaken by Sainz and Lewis, who then nearly got Lewis back um, with their engine, Mercedes engine problems, which we'll get to. Um, but yeah, he came sick, which is still a very, very good result. But I feel like it could have been more. Well, my question for you then, Dan, is why do you think Alpha were so stubborn with their strategy? Well, I think they just thought, we'll try something different. We'll try and see if he can hold mm. them off. But I feel like you sort of you go for the bold strategy if you're like P seventeen and you've got nothing to nothing to lose. If you're what what was he, P four? Yeah. If if you're P four, that's a big haul of points, especially for a team like Alfa Romeo. Why would you risk it if you've got such a big buffer behind to make a, a, a free pit stop? I don't it maybe it wasn't twenty eight, twenty nine seconds. Maybe I'm remembering it wrong, but it was definitely enough for a pit stop. Because science was about three seconds behind and then pitted. So it would have been a pit window plus three seconds. So there, were, there was definitely enough time. Was it naivety on the uh, the part of May? They're obviously not really a team who often find themselves in that position. They're not a team known for strategy either. They had a lot of questionable ones last year. You look at that m- moment at Silverstone, but this was 2019, where it was like, stay out, stay out, stay yeah, out, stay yeah. out, stay out. Yeah, it's all <laughs> effing late now from Kimmy. <laughs> come in, come in, come in. Yeah. No, that was Lewis, that one. Oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, um, but I uh, just hope they learn from them and don't take risks because imagine he finished P4, you would not be able to put up with me. Jade yep. really hate me. I'd yeah. really hate you. Top four points. and Bottas P4, but um, a great race anyway. P6 is is solid in that in that car. Best of the rest in qualifying, best of the rest in the race. I'll take that. It is funny since obviously he's joined Alpha. That lack of pressure. And obviously, yes, we've seen the Ferrari engines are good this year, but he is just driving so well. I feel like his starts are better. He's not losing places like he used to. Um, I feel that he's he's just drive. I just feel like he's driving so much more better and comfortably, um, and just constantly getting a good haul of points week in and week out. So, no, hats off to him. I'm happy he didn't get P4. Why Dan would be insufferable. 
Um, Top four and P4. What a weekend that would have been. Yeah, it's not, sadly. If Bottas was P4, then <sighs> Dan would be doing this podcast on his own. <laughs> yeah. No, um, to go through his results so far in 2022, he's had a P6, a DNF, P8, P5, P7, P6. And he's only got nine less points than he had this time last year. And he was in a Mercedes last year. But that, that's pretty mental. I don't know if that's more of a reflection on this year or last year, to be honest. Yeah, that's what but, I was thinking. But fair play, I'm very happy. And he said if he gets P6 in Monaco, he's he'll be a bit disappointed. He's targeting more. Mm. So you never you never know. And Joe's good around Monaco. He won at the one of the F two races there last year. Mm. So I've got a lot of hope for Alpha in Monaco. I'm I'm feeling good about it. And as long as they don't howl it into the barriers because it's yeah, kind of raining. It's raining and butt-ass and rain. It's like chalk and cheese. Oh. But mind you, his last race win came in the rain, didn't it? Oh, yeah. that that was hardly rain. That was just damp. Not the same. Yeah, it wasn't the same kind of rain. It's hardly rain, it was just wet. Same thing. Right, let's move on. Um, Aston Martin. We said how they had a bit of a stinker in qualifying. I wouldn't say they had a stinker in the race. Um, oh, no Lance points. Stroll, yeah, fair. Lance Stroll, P15. He did get hit by Pierre Gasly some of the way through. Which whoa, 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 whoa. He did. When? Got hit by Pierre Gasly. No, he did. He get, did. Yeah, he did get hit by Pierre Gasly. <laughs> he did get hit by Pierre Gasly. <laughs> it, it, it probably was more Pierre Gasly's fault than it was Stroll's fault. And I think Seb Stroll was, was ahead. Seb was P11. Um, which, yeah, there's no argument there. He was clearly hit by yeah, Gasly. No. But Gasly didn't get a penalty, did he? Uh, he got five seconds. Oh, did he? Okay, fair yeah. enough. So, when yeah. was this? Am I forgetting something? Did, uh, I can't remember what lap it was, but did, he... Did you watch last year's race show? What, Spain? Yeah, did you not yeah. see it? No, I mean, like, was you watching last year's race rather than this year's race? No, there you go. Hang on, I've got a replay. I'm gonna. Sh- I'll show. Sh- I'll show Charlotte. <laughs> Charlotte. 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 Well, well confused. confused. There we go. I'm just showing Charlotte a replay for those of you that. Can't see. Yeah. No. I'm. I'm looking at it. Like, oh yeah. There he goes. Yeah, yeah. 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 kind of. Stroll kind of understeers into him. That's Stroll's fault. I think it was Stroll's fault. Sorry, Gasly understeers into him. No, look, I saw what you mean, that's Stroll's fault. Look how <laughs> no, it wide is. It Gasly is Gasly's goes. Fault. It is Gasly's fault. Wait, I mean, hold on. Like, look how far ahead Stroll is. <laughs> and Gasly just keeps coming. Stroll runs out of road. Oh, yeah, he is ahead there, actually. No, I thought um, Stroll was ahead. No. No, Gasly was ahead going into that corner, but it was Stroll. Ignore me. Um, yeah. I, I don't feel like I should talk about Aston Martin because I'm messing this all up. So, um, Jay. Uh, I think the word I would use, <laughs> thank you Charlotte for <laughs> front over to me like that. The word I would use to, to ask them why this see this weekend even was anonymous in the race. I don't think forgettable. Like, ev- forgettable, yeah, forgettable. <laughs> 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 forgettable man. You say it every other sentence. Charlotte might just have like amnesia or something. She's just I'm buy her a t-shirt with forget. What did you say? Actually, no, that that sounds hard. <laughs> yeah, she's really forgot who we are then. Um, <laughs> we do a podcast. <laughs> what we do? <laughs> yeah, but um, for all of the sort of potential and height they had, you know, the green, the green Red Bull, mm. they made no strides forward. They were probably as quick as they were in um, in where was we last Miami. So um, yeah, I don't know whether they were able to put it back in Monaco, but those upgrades just didn't really seem to work, and uh, it's tough because I want Aston Martin to do what, like that's a big name, isn't it? In in terms of you know motorsport, but they are terrible. Nice road car. Nice road cars. I mean, the, nice the, best, the, the best part about Aston Martin's return to F1 has been the safety car, I think. Mm. 
Yeah, fair. And we get Lawrence Stroll's iconic text-to-speech announcements. I'm extremely (laughs) angry when he just says it in like the most Siri tone ever. That is a very good adjective, Siri tone. (laughs) It's just like his text-to-speak is brilliant. Um, Anyway, sorry, Lawrence, I don't want to annoy you because you're a very rich man. Um, What were you going to say, Shaw? Oh, I was just going to say... Um, oh, sorry. No, it's okay. I was just going to say, obviously, Seb was very, very close to the points, um, and it's a shame, so I hope that maybe he has more fortunes in Monaco, but I'm not going to lie, I'm not holding my breath. He done what last in Monaco, though. He came up P5, didn't he, Monaco? Yeah, yeah, really but well. we're P6. looking at this year's car. We're looking at this year're's car, though. Yeah, last year's went a lot better. Um, on mm. Seb as well, he had his bag mm. stolen over yeah. the weekend. It's a worrying um, trend, really, isn't it? I do that. It is, yeah. And then he chased after the well. thieves, I think, used like find my iPhone or equivalent to try and track the bag because his uh, earphones were in it. But the thieves dumped the earphones and ran off with the bag. It is becoming a trend. Lando, Charles, and now Seb. It's, like, it's not great. Yeah, Seb as well, so... man. He's the nicest guy. Yeah, it, it, it does break your heart. It does break your heart. And like you said, it is very worrying that. This seems to be happening an awful lot more, not just in F1, but just the sort of sports personalities in general. Yeah. But hopefully Seb is all good. Really what? quick. You gasped. I did gasp. Um, I, I just saw, and I know we've talked about them already, but Alex Albon received a five-second time penalty for exceeding track limits, which is also explaining why he was P18, probably. That is probably the most pointless penalty ever. Yeah, and they were clearly very bored. And he was thought, yeah. by a mile. I didn't see him get a black and white flag. They Lewis just got one. Yeah, yeah Lewis got one, but they didn't mention Albon. They were like, oh, let's just do it on the sly. Yeah, they just thought... Anyway, well, sorry. Anyway, I just saw it, on. and it made sense. Thought I'd add that in. Take two at AlphaTauri. Nah. It's how I described their weekend. Gasly, P13. Yuki Sonoda, good. P10. Very good. Got a point. Um, I don't really know what happened to Gasly this weekend. Jay, he you might know struggled. I mean, he, he got very limited running on Friday. Yeah. His engine just kept, you know, conking out. Um, I don't know, maybe that affected him because he didn't get as much practice as everyone else. But, yeah, he was just nowhere. Even sort of qualifying, he was beaten by Sonoda, which very rarely happened. And in the race, he was sort of just following Sonoda around for most of it. He wasn't getting close to him. He was very, as Charlotte would say, forgettable. Um, Indeed. It was very forgettable. Yeah, times we've said that word in this podcast. I've there was only a few how many. people in this race, weren't there? I already saw five cars. <laughs> yeah. But um, um, yeah, Sonoda was good though, wasn't he? He was. Yeah, I mean, not really much more to add. I don't feel like we saw much of um, the Alpha Tauris this weekend on track um, during the race. Um, but yeah, good that Yuki Sonoda was able to get in the points and hopefully Gasly can improve but it doesn't like he was struggling with that car that was a very abrupt ending well, <laughs> sorry I, I thought you were going to keep going point. I was wondering why there was silence <laughs> I, was like, I thought you were going to thought you going to keep going um, yeah. alright who should we talk about next McLaren Alpine. Alpine let's talk about Alpine um, Fernando Alonso P9 Esteban Ocon P7 they're just kind of there every race at the latter ends of the points Ocon's having a very good year and Alonso finally gets two more points to add to his to, to English to add to his collection of two points to give him four points. Well, you say that we have to actually hype up Fernando Alonso because Yay. he actually started P twenty. Not oh, he did. Dan. He did. He had um, a 
power unit change, I believe. Um, so he didn't start P17, he started P20, and he finished P9. So that is an insane comeback, especially for his home Grand Prix with the home crowd. He put it on a show, brilliant result. Esteban Ocon, once again, just like, he's killing it at the moment. Just, you know, quietly doing his own thing and getting those points. I just think he's doing a great job this year. I mean, if I use the word forgettable to describe Alpha Tauri, then I'm going to use the word solid to describe Alpine. Like you said, Dan, week in, week out, they're just there, consistently scoring points, which is obviously probably the most important thing in Formula 1 consistency. Ocon, you know, he's probably been my driver of the season so far. He's been so, so good. And I know, I just said that. And wow. um, Alonso, I don't know, Alonso's just being Alonso. We're sort of seeing the old Alonso, and... He didn't sort of let starting back of the grid, you know, demotivate him. It probably fired on even more. Made a load of overtakes. Looked really good in the race. Um, Alpine score more points. They're probably what the fourth best team this year, I'd say. No. Or maybe McLaren. Fifth. Or maybe no sixth. Sixth. Well, it really it's hard to tell because. Well, you're putting Haas above them. You're putting Haas above them. No, I'm putting Alpha, Alpha. above them. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's so hard to tell with Alpha because it's is it shows underperforming the car or is Bottas overperforming the car because there are such the different ends of the tell. spectrum. You need like Lewis Hamilton to do a quality lap in every car so you can find out a true order. <laughs> it, it's so hard to tell a, an we, accurate. We should order. put Dan Palmer in it and just see how quickly he goes around all of the cars. I'd probably crash all of them, so I don't <laughs> think that'd go very well. Um, right, let's talk about McLaren. As we mentioned, Lando was feeling rotten all weekend, but still managed a P8 finish. Fair play to him. I'm sure Charlotte will hype him up in a minute. Daniel Ricciardo, P12. Difficult once again for the Australian. Um, yeah, well, before we started recording, the boys were being quite harsh on Daniel, in my opinion only. Um, I don't fully know kind of what happened. From what I've seen that he said... Um, after the um after the race he said that it was an overall lack of grip um he thought the start of the race was really really slow and he said that um i thought maybe temperatures just got too high or something with the tires um and they did do a three-stop race but it just seemed like he was he made up he was like he did it right at the start and then he just started dropping back and everyone was overtaking him i thought that's weird um and then you kind of just didn't hear about him for the rest of it and we even saw Lando overtake him on track um, and yeah I just don't know what happened with Daniel but with Lando he did really well he made up a lot of places well, a lot he made up a few places started P11 um, finished P8 so good haul of points with the team again um, and wishing him all the best well wishes because how he did it in that heat is very impressive but um, yeah I think Daniel needs a boost with Monaco, hopefully. And hopefully it's not like last year, where it was painful. Mm, mm, very, mm. That was very painful, for getting lapped. And the way um, Netflix, on Drive to Survive, really dramatised that. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't need that again. I don't feel sorry for him, as that quote got misplaced into uh, mm. the episode <laughs> yeah. from Lando. See, cheeky Netflix. Cheeky, cheeky Netflix. I mean, obviously, I agree with everything you said there, Shah, about Lando. Done very, very well to get up to P8 <laughs> with uh, Tonsa's Lives. But... I think we need to have a little discussion about Daniel Ricciardo. He's got a year on his contract at the end of this season. <sighs> Has he realistically done enough to warrant keeping his place at McLaren? 
post 2023 because don't get me wrong he's a very very likable driver i'm sure commercially he's amazing especially with the aussie audience but on track is he really delivering you know we expected daniel ricardo to be absolutely smashing norris week in week out you know he was going to be the driver who's going to take mclaren to the next step and get them back in towards like a race winning position and a a title winning team but if anything he's becoming a number two and i'm just struggling to see how they'll keep him in unless he really picks up his performances this year and next year how they're going to keep him in after next year because he isn't warranting staying in a in like an upper midfield team is he and there's a lot of other drivers who may be in uh, low midfield teams or teams near the back of the grid or not even f1 who you could maybe you know be with a shout of a seat i mean i think you have a point i would there's many drivers that could that could go in there over him he's not Pierre young Gasly. right okay real quick question you were defending latifi earlier here comes then. the defense army no, but I've just realised you're defending Latifi, saying we're being really harsh on him and so many who, you know, who who could take his seat? That's not fair, blah, blah, blah. But you're saying that Daniel that. should go. He did. No, no, no. I never said Latifi should stay and I never said Daniel should go. There's questions about both of them. There are. They're both underperforming. But I'm saying Latifi hasn't been in F1. Daniel's like had that point where he's come up, peaked and has he gone down the other side? Latifi's no, never really had a car that he can fight for points in. So I just feel like I want to wait to see if he can actually do that. But I don't. I love Daniel. You can't hate Daniel. He's unhateable, I think. Um, so I don't know. We'll, we'll see on that one. Happy. Mm. <laughs> that was a very on-the-fence, Mr. Mm. That was a Daniel. very politician answer. Yeah, you didn't really say anything. I'm even thinking as well, like... Giovinazzi yeah. did a decent performance at quite a few times last season and he lost his seat but Latifi is constantly getting beaten by George Russell thing, right? and then um, uh, Alex Albon and you're still like oh well I'd like to see what you can do no yeah uh, do maybe. you know what I'm saying though know. well I'm not okay. hating on the guy he's a lovely guy I'm sure but um, yeah let me put the question to you then Charlotte Go on. If, you, if you were Zach Brown yeah who would you have? I mean, obviously, it's very early to say, but based on sort of here, current form and how things are going, would you keep Ricardo for 2024? Well, he's only got his contract till this year, hasn't he? Is it this year? Or is it not? Uh, last year, this year, next year. No, next year. He had a three-year oh, deal, had... I think. Oh, did he? I think mm. so. Um, well, as far as I know, I think Daniel will be retiring next year. Oh, wow. Okay. What okay. do you think? He'll do Vegas and then dip? Yeah. He he said in the Vegas promo that he was like, I was going to retire, but now I'm not. Yeah, I don't know how. So, in my head, well, it didn't fully shock me. I didn't go, <gasps> do you no. know what I mean? Because I mean, he's getting on, but... He is. Why do you say that? He's the same age as Checo. Yeah. Is he? Yeah, yeah he is, but... Mad. I know, it's really weird. I guess like it's really hard to be motivated if you're not at the top. Like Checo's in a race winning car, so he's always got the motivation where he can but still But he joined sort of this team because he believes that it's a race winning car. And last it year is... there was he did. He did. Let's be real. He, he did, did and he did really well. So I do think that th let's be real, the McLaren isn't up to its form and there is something going on because he had this in Miami, he kinda just 
stayed in um you know out of the points for that race and then it's happened again so i don't know if it's track dependent on what's going on and i know lando did well yesterday and outperformed him but i do still think if we're going to give everyone else time let's give daniel time let's I move mean, on he's to had ferrari. Like 11 years uh, just before <laughs> we move on to ferrari um hopefully touchwood lando will be fine for monaco if he's not there's no Formula E race, so Stoffel, Van Dorn, and Nick DeVries are the McLaren reserve drivers. Question for you. If <laughs> Jay's celebrating, Lando will I be fine. Jay will I, I really hope Lando doesn't get better. <laughs> no, I'm joking, if, I'm joking. If, if there was a Formula E race, Stoff and Nick would obviously be busy. Who do you think would is that would take it? There is an answer, obviously, but I just want to know who you think it's would the, take uh, it. It's the American guy, isn't it? What's his name? Zach Brown? It's it's not Colton Herter. Colton Herter, that's it. It's, it's not, not Colton Herter. Um, Zach Brown. <laughs> Zach will get the car. Who would they give it to? They uh, have an official guy. Aiken? No. Patricia Ward, is it him? No. The Has he even got enough um, enough points in his license to do it? I don't know. Um, wait, I don't understand the question. So, if McLaren's reserve drivers, they share a Mercedes, a Van Dorn and Nick de Vries. But obviously, if an F1 and a Formula E race are on the same weekend, Stoff and Nick would be busy in Formula E. So, they needed like a third standby. This guy was official last year, and it's believed he's official this year. It's not. Oh, I see. You know the answer. Yeah. Hulkenberg? Hulkenberg. Um... I, honestly, I, I won't lie. My brain is blank. I don't know. I have no idea. First time misery. Paul DiResta. Is it? Third guy. <laughs> yeah. That would be so that funny. would fill in. Obviously, he filled in for Williams in 2017 when Massa mm. wasn't driving for one race and he annoyed Kimmy and Kimmy told him to stick to the reporting stuff halfway Shut through the race. Up. We might see Paul DiResta back in an F1 car if that situation ever I comes would, around. I love hear that. that. I'm that. too stunned to speak. I literally could, have just gasped. I could haven't... you imagine like Simon Lazenby to interviewing Paul DeResta? <laughs> or like Paul DeResta, um, like he starts the show in his suit and then he just puts on his race clothes. Saying, that, Sorry, saying that, saying that though, obviously McLaren had that deal with Oscar Piastri at the start of the year, so I would assume that they would renew that deal. I mean, um, too fair though, I think if you're Nick DeVries, uh, you'd probably sorry. go, nah, see you later, Mercedes EQ. No, no, but you wouldn't be able to, really. Um, realistically, if they couldn't do it, it would probably be Oscar Piastri. Uh, but Paul DiResta is also on the radar, and I just wanted to say that, because that's mm. just that really made me laugh when I googled that. That's a, that's a good bit of trivia, Dan. I quite enjoyed that. Actually. It is, isn't it? Um, but you know when Daniel had... Did he have COVID? Yeah, he did at the start of the year. Obviously, it will be Piastri, because Piastri made that deal with McLaren. That probably still stands. But when I googled it and I saw Paul DiResta as an option, I was just <laughs> flabbergasted. I, I, didn't, I didn't expect that at all. That was definitely not a name that was on my mind. Not at all. Right, let's talk about Mercedes. Um, Lewis Hamilton, P5. George Russell, P3. Hamilton obviously had that contact at the start of the race, which we've already spoke about. Wanted to retire the car, but Mercedes said, no, we can fight for P8 got p5 in the end so that's a bonus probably could have got p4 russell p3 very solid drive great defending from verstappen throughout the first or third of the race um and then lewis as i said would have been p4 they both had like a was it a water cooling leak or something like that yeah um, it was basically there was risk of dnf and they were basically saying that there was a water leak within uh is it either the power unit or engine and there was a risk they wouldn't even be able to finish the race within p3 and p4s 
so they basically both had to ease off and not break. Yeah, it was like max, maximum lift and coast, they said. Yeah, didn't you? and George had this when he was battling a max, and there was no one in front of him. So this overheating issue was concerning because there's he's got clean air. You know, he wasn't following anyone. So, yeah, that's definitely something that Mercedes needs to sort out. It's it's also concerning because, you know, there's still going to be some hot races this year. I think mm. it was Singapore's back, uh, Japan, or Japan's even really, really hot, or pouring of rain. Uh, obviously, Mexico, Brazil, Texas. There's still a lot of hot races to come. So, you know, Merck need to get on top of that. I, I don't and Charlotte both be... went to talk and then yeah. we both stopped. Well, Dan, you, you too go, generous, you go. Too generous, you too. I was going to move on, so do you want to say anything else about... Well, move I was going to say, move on. Are you joking? We haven't even started. Oh, oh my right. goodness. I didn't realise there was that much to say. Then. Are you joking? Hamilton was all the way down in P19 and all, all of a sudden crawled all the way back up. He wanted to retire. He said, save the engine, lads. I don't want to do this. Because he thought, what's the point with P8? And to be fair, I don't bloody blame him. But... He able to go all the way up. He even got up to P4. Despite not having that issue, he would have been able to have got to P5. No, it, no, ignore me. He would have been able to stay to P4, but he got P5. But it also then begs the question, would he have been able to have been fighting at the top had he not had that contact with Magnussen early on? Because that pace at the end, mm. he was the fastest man on track, as his team said. Um, so that is very reassuring and gives you a lot of positives to take away from that weekend and George really 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 good result I was absolutely living for that battle with Max it was honestly high entertainment obviously Max was having issues which we'll get on to but he defended so well he was constantly placing his car in the right position at the right time every time and it was really good fair hard racing and brilliant basically just, it was a really good result. I'm very happy. I'm just gutted. Ham had that collision, uh, as I think he could have got more. Mm, no, completely agree. It's a, it was a really good to see Hamilton back. You know, fighting again. You know, making progress through the field. I've, I, 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 I'm not sort of like a Mercedes fan or Hamilton fan, but I have missed sort of seeing him near the front. And it does beg the question, like you said, Charlotte, of what could he have done without that conduct of Magnussen. But a word on Russell, or a quick statement about Russell, actually, is that. We've never really seen him battle a high-caliber driver before yesterday. I mean, I know he had that sort of ding-dong with Alonso last year. I think it was Austria or the Styrian race. <coughs> oh, sorry about yeah. that. I did. Jesus, what happened there? I know, he's getting emotional. But, um, <laughs> yeah, we've never really seen him have a battle with, like, a, a high-profile driver until yesterday. And I think he showed that he can mix it with the big boys. You know, he can keep Verstappen. I know Verstappen had the sort of TRS issues that played him a little bit. But there was a few times when like he made some really beautiful uh, defensive moves down to turn one. I think there was one where like Verstappen got past him down the inside and he came back around the inside of turn two, which was the outside of from turn one. Damn right. Yeah, that that was nice defending. So um, no, I was, I've been honestly I've been really impressed with Russell. He's settled in so quickly, like I said at the top of the show, and I can't wait to see what he can do. Maybe if Merck can get a bit closer on pace to uh, Red Bull and and Ferrari. I think he's a future world champion. I don't think there's any doubt in that. He's had such a good start to the year. Um, he just needs the car, basically. That defending was really, really good. He was planting that car exactly where it needed to be. It was crazy. Every time as well. Every single lap. He hardly made a mistake. <laughs> I think he locked up once throughout that whole battle. It was ridiculous. It was so entertaining. Um, 
and we'll speak about and one of the reasons Max couldn't overtake when we talk about Red Bull. Um, but a very good battle, very good battle. Can yes. I move on now? Yes, you I... can. You can. Okay. I've cool. got it out my system. <laughs> Let's talk about Ferrari because um, Red Bull won, so we'll speak about them last. It's Ferrari were yeah, sorry. Uh, Carlos Sainz again. It's a weekend for Ferrari, much like Haas of what could have been. Ferrari P four with Carlos Sainz and well, just DNF'd on that 27 with Charles Leclerc, who seemed to be in absolute cruise control. Mate, he was having a cup of tea in that car. He was chilling, yeah. or whatever they drink in Monaco. And then his engine just went pop. Probably a very expensive champagne. But, yeah, um, probably. No warning, just poof. Yeah, I mean, obviously he's going to be absolutely gutted because that was a slam dunk win, wasn't it? And also, like, the Verstappen spin, you know, who yeah. knows how things might have played out. If, if Leclerc was still in the lead, but he had that in the bag, and that, that would have probably easily been at least 25, possibly 26 points. So that's so gutting for him. He looked really disappointed when he got back to the uh, back to the paddock. Uh, and on the side of the garage, Carlos Sainz, oh, it's tough because, you know, I think if only Sainz spun at turn four, we'd be on here saying, oh, Sainz, you know, another mistake. And it is another mistake. But obviously, I guess we can give him a bit of like a bit of leeway because Verstappen made a similar mistake as well. But well, it was yeah. that tailwind, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, that tailwind. But P4, I had high hopes for him for this race. I thought maybe this could be if he turns it around. You know, 140,000 odd Spanish fans in the crowd. But yeah, it was like grandstand. Yeah, it was disappointing, and he, he probably would have come P5 if it wasn't for Mercedes' issue, like we just said earlier. So. Mm. But he I definitely would have come. P5. Yeah, he would have definitely come P five. Did I really want Carlos Sainz to do well? I want him to get into the fight with uh, uh, Max and and Charles, but he just seems he just seems like he hasn't quite got that that final edge that puts you in like the the world championship bracket at the moment. Yeah, I'd definitely say at the moment. It's kind of hard to say what's happening with Carlos because it's kind of a say like, oh, he's, he's not doing well. But obviously he's still P4 this weekend and he's had, you know, a good few podium finishes and things. But he started P3 and you think, and it, I don't know what happened at the beginning, but he was dropping back. Um, yeah, it was just massive heartbreak. Obviously P4 was actually quite good recovery from what happened earlier. Um, but... Yeah, like Jay said, he would have been P5 had Mercedes not had that issue. Um, and considering Ferrari's pace, from what we've seen, for Hamilton to have overtaken him like really well does show once again how improved the Mercedes are, but also what was going on <laughs> with Carlos, if we've seen like Charles's pace compared to that. But um, it was such a big heartbreak for Charles. As Dan said, he had that win basically in the bag as long as there was no issues um, and mistakes made, which just looked like he wasn't going to be doing. It was completely in control. Um, and oh, that radio message broke my heart. But I want to say hopefully good vibes on Monaco, but we all know he's a uh, history with Monaco. Um, he's already but- crashed once there this year. He has, but maybe, like we said last time, maybe Charlotte is touching everything within reach. Everything right that now. is made out of wood in this room, I'm trying to touch. <laughs> Not in a weird way. Anyways, um, let's move on. Oh, that's a good turn. Let's talk about Red Bull while let's Charlotte dies inside. Um, an absolute perfect weekend for Red Bull. Was Sergio it? Perez P. Yeah, Perez P2, fastest lap, Max P1. In terms of points, a perfect yeah, weekend. anymore. In terms of points. their car, probably not, because Max was a very 
very angry man in the early stages of that race because his DRS was about as temperamental as... I should have written that down. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. What's temperamental? Um, England's weather. Good one. Uh, Ferrari's engine. That's temperamental. Mm. Um, but it just opened, then it wouldn't open, then it would open, then it wouldn't open, then it would open and close and open and close, going down the straight, and Max was spamming the button, he was pressing the button, he was holding the button. He tried everything, and that DRS was not playing ball at all. But he won the race. Um, and there were team orders as well. Well... Before we get into the team orders, there's a lot of things for you two to get into. Yeah, there. a lot of things there. I think, firstly, hats off to GP, uh, Max's engineer, for staying so calm because Max was shouting down the radio. Yeah, but he was going, just press the button once. The guy am! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, fair play to all, all the engineers. I don't know how they stay so chilled when someone's just screaming at them down the radio. <laughs> would, would you scream back? Would you be like, shut up! Just drive, mate. Just drive. <laughs> I'm on the phone. Leave like, me alone. Or, like, when they say stupid stuff, like, I don't know, like these tyres don't work. Like, what's the engineer going to do? He's not just going to like come on and sort it out, is he? Um, well, team orders. I don't know how I feel about that because obviously there was on such different strategies. But I think at that point they were battling for the race lead, and I've seen a lot of people on Twitter sort of saying, "Oh, Max was 1.4 seconds faster, so he would have got past anyway." But you know, Max struggled to get past a much slower Mercedes car, and Russell struggled to get past. Uh, no, it was just, it, sorry, it, it was just Russell, wasn't it? Um, but my thing is, is that obviously the softs, if you sort of battle for a little bit, they're going to go off. If you're sat behind someone in their sort of you know turbulent wake, um, and you know trying to get past them, your tyres are going to struggle. And that Red Bull was struggling behind other cars as well. We saw this weekend, and with the sort of DRS malfunctions, he Perez could have maybe held on. Because there probably would have been a period where Max's tyres would have gone off and he would have either boxed again or had to back off and Perez could have won that race. Mm-hmm. I think even Perez said, you know, like, that's unfair. I mean, obviously, fair play to Checo for just, you know, dealing with it. But, I don't know, I think, what, what's Spain? Race 6 this year? Race 7? Race 6. Race 6. Out of 22. You know, it's not like Perez, it's not like his race 19 and like last year where, you know, you obviously give Max the favour. Perez is... He's, he's not like a million miles behind Max either. I think it's too early to... I think you should have said, let them race. Let them race, see what they do. I mean, like, if Max got past him, fair enough. If Perez had him up, then great as well. But, you know, I think... I mean, obviously, we all know that Max is the golden boy of that team. But I think Red Bull could have done a bit more to sort of hide that. Um, Jay has kind of said how I feel, so I'm very pleased. Um, But, yeah, very quick, I have to say, once again, I loved that battle between George and Max. Um, I like seeing, I love this Max that when he's just so angry and he's just losing at his engineer, like that is the Max that I really like. Um, I just found it highly comical when he just saw the little flap go. Um, however, I don't think he deserved to win that race in the fashion that he did, which Whoa. is words that I have said before. Like Jay said, it's only race six. It's race six out of 22. It's a long season. He's not that far off. Um, you know, the championship hasn't really been, like, set in stone yet of, you know, who's the front runners and stuff. Checo's not that far off. And they had the different strategy. Yes, I agree. And Max was like, let me have a go on George. And we all saw he couldn't do it. Checo said, let me have a go. Um... <laughs> But the thing is, is that when it was Checo and then Max, they're like, right, let's switch you guys around. I just think, 
Yes, obviously, as a team, you want to collect all the points. Your drivers are both in one and two, and you don't want them to have a collision or anything if they're racing and then they're both out. But I just don't think that they would have done that. I think they would have been sensible, and I think let them race. Like, Max was gifted that. He spun off, and then he came back. And Checo just had to go, yep, go for it, mate. Off you go. Yes, it's great points for a team, but I just think I would have much preferred to have seen Max win that race for overtaking Checo, if he's on this really good fresh tyres and really good pace, well then let him overtake if that's the case. He'd be able to breeze past him and I would have gone fair play. But I just think that this could have been a bit of like, what could have been for Checo? And you know, especially as a Mexican driver in Spain, I would have really loved to have seen that as well. Mic drop. Yeah, it's a tricky one. It is a tricky one because as much as... I agree, it's 100% way too early for team orders. Yeah. Um, it, I think Max probably would have got past um, Engine Mode 11, friend of the podcast, um, mm -hmm. put the, their data on Twitter between it Max and Dan. Perez, and Max was, Engine Mode 11, Dan, not me, uh, and Max was yeah, not this Dan. quite a lot, oh, I don't need to quite say it like that, and, this, uh, <laughs> and, 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 and Max was quite a lot quicker than Perez so I think he probably yeah. would have got past anyway the thing that he doesn't sit do right the thing that doesn't mm. sit right with me is that when it was obvious that Perez was quicker than Max with the DRS yeah. thing they didn't let him past and it no. made me think back to Austria last year when Lewis had an issue and Bottas was closing in on Lewis and they said to Bottas don't pass Lewis and I was sat at home screaming at the TV saying what are you doing this is going to cost Bottas the position to Lando and it nearly did and it's not a lot different to that, apart from that was yeah. race, what, nine? That was whatever. like, yeah. It was yeah, middle, this middle is race season. six, but it's still so early in the season. It just doesn't sit right with me. I don't like team orders full stop. I understand them towards the end of the season. In race six, I think it's too early. Max probably would have passed him fairly anyway. I just think this was a bit of a PR nightmare for Red Bull when they were so far having a PR genius of a weekend by putting green Red Bulls on their mm -hmm. pit bull. Um... <laughs> So yeah, by the way, they put their head of PR on the podium, which I thought was very clever <laughs> this weekend. Was she HR? It was it HR? Oh, I, I thought it was PR. I think she's oh, HR. damn it. Oh, that ruins my point. But it was obviously a woman on the podium, I do have to it say. Um, but going back to that very quickly, Charles was leading the championship by 19 points. So of course, if Max was second and got fastest to that, they would have been level. So yes, he wouldn't be leading it. Of course, now he's leading it by six points, I believe. But it's still so early in the season, like like we've said. I just think, yes, his pace was really good, but I think if he had that pace, just let him pass on track then. Let's not do team orders. Why can't we just see them race, let him pass, bosh, brilliant, go Max. Um, I just think, yeah, it kind of just really confirmed, Checo, you're the second driver here. You, you're following this. And I know um, with Sky Sports... Christian Horner had a bit of a grilling from Paul DeResta and Damon Hill and things like that. And he was saying, no, it's a strategy and, you know, we're going to have a talk with him. And I think we saw even after the race uh, speaking with Sky again, um, Checo was saying, yeah, I think I could have gone for the win today. Um, he wasn't happy at all. He wasn't happy. And I was quite happy that he kind of said that because if I'm honest, I thought his professor was going to say, like, don't say a word, Erica, everything's fine. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, I was quite happy that he did say that. And obviously, he still wants answers and he's going to speak internally with the team. So I hope that things can be resolved and he does have a good head going into um, Monaco because, yeah, 
I'm intrigued to see what's going to happen. I think that's fair. Um, Shall we move on? Because I think we've exhausted this race now. We have, actually. We've really dissected it today. We have. Um, Just a quick note on Christian Horner, a quote that's just come out in the last hour or so. Um, He said that he thinks team... Well, he said that teams will be forced to miss races unless the budget cap is increased this year. It's Mm. $111 at the moment. I mean... It's tough, isn't it? Surely there's F1 teams that work under that anyway, like Haas. Yeah, I think it's tough to sort of, you know, decide what is actually truthful and what is him trying to get a slightly bigger budget for his team. So I'm not too sure how much I sort of read into that. Okay, just thought I'd throw the quote out there. Yeah, I don't know. Any thoughts on it? Sure. Okay, cool. Right, let's move on to the awards um, for the Spanish Grand Prix. Driver of the day, Charles. Lewis Hamilton. Oh. Very Fair. deserving. Come on. Yeah, P19 no. had that puncture issue. I think he even held a bit of maybe floor damage and he ended up P5. If he had not had the engine issue, he would have been P4. And yeah. it was nice to see kind of the old Lewis. It felt like we saw old Lewis, even just from last year. It felt like he was back. You know, I can't really argue with that, Dan. I can't. You going with uh, Lewis as well? No, no, I'm not actually. I'm going with um, Sergio Perez. <laughs> Oh, you can't argue with it then. I love he's like, can't argue. No, I don't agree with it though. I don't agree, but I can't really be like, oh, you're wrong, Charlotte. That's a terrible decision. No, I went Perez. I thought, you know, I think he was not robbed of a victory, but he was robbed of the opportunity for fighting for a victory. He drove really Agreed. well. Especially after, um, especially after Saturday, we qualified P5. You know, off the start, got ahead of Sainz. Um, managed to, you know, what did he undercut? He had a Russell. really good start, actually. No, he actually got, got past Russell, didn't he, on track. Um, yeah. You know, could have won, but just unfortunate. That's how it goes. I never would have thought I'd say this last year, but George Russell was mine. Because I think that battle with Max was really, really, really good. And I think he got the max out of what he could that day in that car. Yeah, but I just really good. That defensive display was brilliant. Um, and I tweeted it at the time as well. It showed off the 2022 cars really well. Because if you had that battle last year, Max would have got close and then had to drop back and then try again. Whereas he could stay close that whole battle, which was really nice to see. Completely agree. It's good to see two top drivers going at it. It is. Team of the day. Um, Mercedes. Because we saw the improvements on track and Russell got to stand on the podium with that um, and Hamilton was able to make his way up so I think overall with the decisions and all that kind of stuff obviously they had a bit of issue at the end but I think despite that they're my team of the day uh, I've gone I'm quite basic I just said Red Bull because they collected the maximum number uh, Charlotte's screwing her face at me but because of team orders is why I didn't uh, yeah I mean team orders yes but I guess if you're looking at it from purely the team's perspective they collected the maximum number of points so and yeah, but especially with mine. <laughs> especially with Ferrari uh, you know having a bit of a howler and now Verstappen's top of the uh, driver's championship as well so I think Red Bull are uh, constructors as well aren't they yeah yeah, so there you go. Perfect weekend, really, for them. My team of the day is not an F1 team. My team of the day is the production team at Formula One for the race direction, which was so okay. much better than last oh weekend. And, um, I honestly thought you were Tottenham Hotspur then. 
No, they are my team of the weekend, 100%. Top four, Champions League, what's the performance? Jay, Arsenal, bottled it. But no, it is the team in race control, uh, not race control, race direction, the F1 broadcast team, because the TV direction in Miami was an absolute shambles. And I think it was actually very good this weekend. They had as few oh, split-screen battles going on. They missed a couple of things, but that's expected. But I think the bounce-back ability was no. nice from Miami. I've actually got something to say about this. What you guys don't know, actually you might know, is that the uh, F1 HQ is actually not too far away from me. So during I thought you were going to say that you were in the room. Yeah, I was there. Like, it was well, me controlling the cameras. Oh, I went down there during the week, had a little word of them and said, look guys, this is what needs to be done. <laughs> and, and clearly they took my feedback on board. So, uh, you know, I'm so happy for you, man. Everyone can thank me for for good well, race direction on t- on Sunday. You can tweet Cheers, that, man. that. That deserves a five star review for the podcast on it iTunes. Does. I think I have saved Formula One. Yeah, <laughs> track chalk on on the app, uh, iTunes store. Five stars. Thank you. Nice. Sorry, Jay. Carry on. Well, that was it. That was oh, it. was that it? Yeah. I felt oh. that was it, and I was wondering what you were waiting for. <laughs> I thought he was going to keep going. Um, do we all set a team of the day? Yes. Yes, we have yeah, right. I mean, you said, a, you said a TV production team. Which I'm not sure it's ever been done before. But... The, the team in the TV production. I, I can say Fair Tottenham enough. if you want. No, no. Let's stick okay. with TV production. <laughs> oh, come on, you Spurs. Let's, let's have it. Flop of the day. Is it me? Yes. No, um, you're, no, you're not the flop of the day, but it's your go. <laughs> <laughs> flop of the day, isn't it? Oh, oh, um, Max's DRS is my flop of the day. What did you just say? Oh, de savage. That's what I thought you said. Yeah. Isn't that a perfume? Someone's indeed, been watching the Johnny Depp trial too much. Hashtag justice for Johnny. Um, yeah, flop of the day is Max's DRS. Um, it just... I, in a way, I don't want to say it was a flop because I found it highly entertaining. I thought it was just comical, uh, especially with them going like, don't press it so much. It's like, ah! <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, that just is definitely not working very well Come for on. him. Come on. Yeah, and obviously, let's be real, we would have passed George much earlier had it worked. He got close a few times, but yeah, flop of the day for me. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, you guys have put some really creative ones. I'd just put Williams. That was way better than mine, because, I mean, Williams was just terrible, really. They were, what, P16, <laughs> P18, Album was nowhere. Latif. <laughs> That's what you really think. Well, they were terrible, <laughs> weren't they? I know, it just made me laugh. Oh, okay. I, I, I think you guys were going to try, try, try and make a case that Williams really good this weekend or something like that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Dan thinks Latifi had a storming weekend. <laughs> I never said he had a storming weekend. Did. I said he had a solid weekend, and he needed That's a solid it. weekend, and he had one. Stop saying I'm saying stuff that I didn't. This is this is unbelievable right now. Well, I mean, like, like I said, if we're judging a driver based on them not crashing, then that's enough about him. Right, stop and, talking. Um... Um... <laughs> yeah, Williams. Go okay, on, Dan. Right. Yours. Um... Well, I kind of want to give my actual flop of the day, and then an honourable mention. My flop of the day is the Ferrari power unit, mm-hmm. um, because that Fair was play. a bit of a shambles. I want to give an honourable mention to Ted Kravitz, because on his qualifying notebook, he was trying to get Albon's attention in the Williams motorhome to show him his red hair, and Albon wouldn't let him in. He saw him at the door, and he just wouldn't come and open the door. Oh, so Ted was just stood there like, look, I've done my hair. And Albon was like cool because he was in an engineering meeting and he was stuck outside and it just really made me laugh and I felt really sorry for Ted and I love Ted so much but I just thought I'd put that as my flop of the day classic Ted fashion that 
Yeah, especially than when he went down the up escalator. That did make me laugh. Um, in Miami, a mistake of the day. Um, do you know what? This has just come to me, and I'm quite impressed with myself. I'm going to say the two-stop strategy. Oh. Well, mine links to that. Mine was Alpha's strategy, so I'll throw that in there. Yeah, well, do you know what? I had that one blank on my screen because I wasn't sure, and it just came to me, and I'm actually quite proud of myself because... Well done. It did seem that the three-stop strategy was the favourable one, and it seemed that the drivers who did it had much more success most of the time. Obviously, Checo did two, I believe, didn't he? Or did he? Or did he do three? No, he did three, because they said he was on a one-stop, and then he did three stops. That's it, yes. No, because I, I thought he did less than Max, but then after they did pit him to get the fastest lap, because Lewis was on a flyer. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to say two-stop, because that tyre degradation and the heat this weekend seemed like they were just dropping off. Mm. Well, I went for, and you're, you're going to be uh, wide mouth shocked here. I said Pierre Maybe. Gasly. <gasps> yeah, see, Charlotte Actually, I'm quite shocked. Um, do you know what? I, I was going to go science, but Verstappen made a pretty much identical mistake. So I can't really be like, oh, science, when Verstappen made a similar mistake. And I feel like there wasn't really many major mistakes this weekend. Obviously, it's Spain's little runoff area. But um, yeah, I'm going to say Gasly just because of what happened with Stroll. It, it it wasn't like a an awful mistake, but it was probably. Not was it, I mean, to be fair, it wasn't even the worst mistake. It was definitely Science and Verstappen, but I can't choose out of those two, so I went for Gasly. Still love you though. <laughs> yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, mine was the Alpha strategy, as I mentioned. And Albon did four stops, by the way. Just thought I'd throw that in there. Don't really know why He's or how, but he like did that. four stops. Um, best overtake. I couldn't think of the next award was then. Best overtake. Well, oh. I've got a feeling we're all going to agree on this one. But I'm not sure at the same time. Go on then. Go on then. Um, so mine was the battle between George and Max on lap 24, where Max did just about get past, but George was like, no way, and got back past him and maintained mm. the lead after that. I mean, that. That, that was mine, to be fair. Oh. Exactly. That's so, what I thought. So you two have agreed. I haven't agreed. Oh. So what's yours? I went for Verstappen's on Bottas, rounding oh, outside you. of turn 12. Mate, Charlie, you're looking I a bit puzzled. Go back and well, Dan, you definitely do, mate. This is because of no, bias. I actually don't. <laughs> it was like Verstappen came out of the pits. <gasps> oh, okay. And he sort on. of went like he went round the outside at turn twelve. Lap thirty-one, I believe. Mate, I mean your memory is amazing. You're actually counting a pit exit overtake. No, 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 it wasn't pit exit, but he came out of the pit. Obviously, he had the tire advantage. Oh, yes, I know. Yes, but it was at just... turn twelve, and he sort yeah, of turned yeah, twelve. Yeah. yeah, turn twelve, and he I'm sort of went round the outside of him. I have to say, I didn't know if fully he overtook him on track at that time. Cause yeah, like, I was thinking that. I thought, oh, oh yeah, no, we should give yeah. that back at the time, but they didn't say anything, so no. I assumed that it was fine. I've I watched it now. Angle. Can you agree, Dennis? I remember that now. That good. is a it very good, good overtake. Side by yeah. side. I saw yeah, I thought he'd side. gone off as well. I thought hmm. that, that it was off track, but it wasn't. It was nowhere near off track. Um, but oh, that's a good answer. I think we've, we've done some good stuff there. Um, <laughs> luck of the day. Um, I'm saying Max Verstappen. Ooh. What? Yeah, mm. I agreed. I agreed. Yes, what? Jay. I agree. Because what? his championship How? rival, what? why, when, who, championship where, rival DNF'd. Charlotte like had it in the bag, so Max would have got second, right? Then Red Bull were like, "Oh my gosh, Max, we love you. Checo will get out the way for you because we love you." So he got gifted the win. As BBC News have actually said those exact words. Yeah, I saw said, that. Yeah. Which is quite savage. I'm quite surprised, but um. 
Yeah, I think, you know, he basically was given the win without any stress with battling his teammate, if you want to say it like that. Is that yeah. too harsh or is that all right? No, I think that's fair. I, I'd agree with that. Dan, what's your case then? I mean, you've argued that quite well, actually. Thank you very much. Charlotte should be a though. I was tempted to say Carlos Sainz. Because yeah, I feel I know like if Lewis hadn't have had that issue at the end, his mm. weekend would have been talked about a lot more than yeah. it was. But I also see your point. So I mean, it's a similar kind of thing, isn't it? Someone else has a mechanical issue and you benefit from it. Yeah. Yeah, fair. And I will say, at least as a positive as well, this is Carlos's best finish at Spanish Grand Prix. Still no podium, though. No, and I was Something, so ready for it. Sorry. Something I've just thought of, actually, for flop of the day, is the Spanish Grand Prix organisers that coordinate the public stuff. Oh. Because oh. that was a shambles, apparently, this weekend. This. I saw Jenny Gallo's tweet yeah, about it. Yeah, that's what I saw. Yeah, Ted interviewed some people on the notebook as well. They were like, there's no water fountains. They were queuing for hours to get in and out. Apparently that was an absolute mess. So that is a flop of the day as well. But F1 have said that they're going to work with those people to make it better for next year because they realise that fans are really important. Bloody, bloody, blah. No refunds. Um, Yeah, well, they're not going to get a refund, are they? No hydration. um, (laughs) No hydration and no refunds. But just thought I'd throw that in as an honourable mention. Um, Unluck... Did we just do unluck? No, we no, just we did luck. Unluck of the day. Charles Leclerc. Oh. Mm. Well, you know, he was sitting very yeah. happily, comfortably in first, and then all of a sudden you saw, oh no. So, yeah, unluck of the day. I think he definitely could have been on the podium, if not definitely the win. I was going to... Well, I thought you were going to say Lewis Hamilton, and that's who I was going to say, because I don't think the crash was really his fault. It was quite unlucky with the crash and sort of, you know... it gave him the punch up, which is really unfortunate, driven back to the back of the grid, drove really well to get out to P4, then had the sort of lift and coast uh, order from the team, then went to P5, so I think, you know, he's had two bits of bad luck there, so I'd say he Indeed. just slightly edges it over Leclerc, even though Leclerc did lose a guaranteed race win. He got no points though. Yeah, true, true. But I think both, were, both I think both are very honourable mentions. I feel though. like... Because you've said Charles, I'm going to say Joe, just because it's almost the same in terms of they both lost points through no fault of their own. Joe probably would have finished in the points, and he had a failure through no fault of his own. That's unlucky. Yeah, can't really yeah. argue. Cool. I, I, I do disagree, but I, I don't I, argue. My only <laughs> well, I only because you Joe didn't is say not it. the championship mm. leader at that I point, don't care. So. He drives for Alfa Romeo and he's Bottas's teammate. Here we go. Underrated <laughs> driver of the day. My man, Esteban Ocon. Do you know yeah. what? what how, right, how can that not have got a reaction? P7. No, that was good. I, I oh agree. my God, Ocon. Yeah, P7. I know, right? <laughs> I completely got him. I nearly points. said his name wrong as well. <laughs> I started it with an E. I went, hey, Ocon. <laughs> hey, Ocon. Ocon. Um, yeah, I just think we didn't really hear much about Ocon's race. And P7, solid. Yeah. Can't argue. I've actually gone Yuki Sonoda. You know, it's got a point. Uh, Pete Gasly in qualifying. Pete Gasly in the race. Got past Schumacher near the end. I think it was the definition of an underrated drive. You know, the AlphaTauri isn't too good this year. And he sort of snuck his way into the tail end of the point. So, fair play, Mr. Sonoda. 
I think both your answers are completely fair. I really want to say Latifi. He beat Magnus and oh, no. Elbow, but you're no. not going to let me. God. There's no hope you're going to let me. P16 is so, not okay, underrated. I'm not saying him. I'm not saying him. You Don't just panic. his name. So I'm going to say, <laughs> all right. Jeez, he's like he's committed a crime. <laughs> um, so can I say Perez? Because yeah. he went from, what, fifth to second or something like that and just kind of plodded along. Could have been more. Got unlucky with team orders. Yeah, yep. I so, that. Fair enough. Cool. Right, we made some predictions before the weekend. Um, I need to find mine. I don't know where I've put mine, actually. But, Shah, who did you put on poll? I put Carlos Sainz. Oh, that um, would have been such a good story. That would have been. I was ready for it, but unfortunately, didn't it didn't happen. And the thing is that he never really looked like getting on pole, did he? Even like Not practice, this weekend, it was no. all the clerk. I mean, I went pole the clerk, so kitching. Thank I you said Max, so no kitching. Ah, go Jay. Yeah, yep. see, that's the kind of that's the that's what I need for my friends. That level of <laughs> cheerleading in the corner. Yes. Give me your J. Give me Charlotte. Your... Oh, that's it, really? Yeah, that is it. That is it. <laughs> I was, gonna say, I was gonna say, I was gonna say an A and a Y, but there's no need. Yeah, I mean, just to clarify, my name is not actually just the letter J; it is A Y on the end. But, um, <laughs> yes. Thank you, Charlotte. The shortest cheerleading ever. Yeah. Give me a J. Here we the go. End. Give me a J. We're done. Podium. Yeah. Um, my podium, I put Leclerc Verstappen signs. Oh, Ooh. Ferrari heartbreak. Uh, I got two out of three. I put Leclerc, Verstappen, Perez. How did okay. you get wrong two order out of three? Though. Oh yeah, wrong. I mean, I got Verstappen, Perez on the podium. They're just in okay. the wrong place. I mean, okay. zero in the right place. Yes. Okay. Okay. Fair. But we're going to gloss over that. Okay. I got one. I said Max Sainz Leclerc. Ah. Got Max so I got, first though. I got Max, but I didn't get Sainz Leclerc. Um, positive surprise of the weekend. Who is your positive surprise of the weekend? I put Ocon. Oh, yeah. You know what? I reckon you can have. Well, yeah, you can have that. Yeah. Don't right. Don't go back on that. You said yes. <laughs> Thank you I, very much. I said Fernando Alonso. I think you can take that. Race. I mean, race. drove from P twenty to P eight. P nine. I think they were both P9, solid sorry. drives. So I think you can have them. Um, I, I, don't, we don't need to talk about mine. Um, Did you say show? No, I said Lance Stroll. Um, oh, he was. I didn't. Um, I, d- so I don't I've got even a remember him. Bone to pick <laughs> with Gasly. Um, two bold predictions. Uh, uh, I'll do, we, we'll do one at a time. Yeah, I'll do my first one. I put the teeth being Q2. No. Oh, no. so close. <laughs> no. I mean, mate, after FP1, you knew you weren't getting to Q2 when he got beaten <laughs> by the three. They're all different really tyre compounds. Dan, mate, you got to stop looking at the technicalities of it. <laughs> They're quite beaten. important. <laughs> Not at all. That's a uh, fair point. I said Alonso five places on uh, on the open lap. And we had a little chat about this before we started recording. Yeah. Um, apparently he made the fifth overtake at turn one on lap two. So I will be respectful and not take it. I, I think I, that's a very good effort, though. It's, it's a good effort. Thank you. It's I'll give myself a pat on the back. But yeah. I can't take well it. Well done. Well done. Um, I said Bottas podium, which when he was fourth, right, and there were cars retiring left, right, and centre, I thought I had done a madness, but there he didn't like, get on the podium. There was a bit, I think, when either Max or Checo stopped, yeah, and no, he was he third, was and I was like, there is no way Dan caught this. <laughs> I was no. literally sitting there watching it thinking, there's no way Dan has got that spot on. No, Dan messaged our chat, and I went, Dan, he needs to pit. 
<laughs> I knew that as well, but I just, you know, I was enjoying it. So I messaged, I was like, Bottas P3, Bottas P3, Bottas P3. He picked, and then you messaged me, Bottas P6, Bottas P6. I was like, go away. <laughs> Let me have my moment. I did it just to annoy you. Right, what's your second one, Sure. Um, did you say your prediction, Dan? Yeah, it was Bottas P3. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I went blank. Um, I said Hamilton P3, which is definitely something of Aww. what could have been. Half a point. Thing is, originally you said Merck P3, and then yes. you said Hamilton. You should have stuck I know. with Merck. I know, but you kind of looked at me like. Mm. So I went. <laughs> but I just mean the general look. No, I'm joking. Yeah, I'm joking. To be honest. Jay, um, what was your? Oh, sorry, Shaw. No, I was just gonna say, yeah, what could have been, eh? Really? Yeah. Um, I said no DNFs, and there was two, so there were two. Sad. I said the Mercedes collide. Hamilton had a collision, just not with the other Mercedes. Um, you can't so you know, that. I went. No, I'm joking. I went very bold <laughs> this week, and they didn't happen. Almost too bold. Yeah, almost too bold. Um, but it didn't happen, so no points for me. Um, let's look at the driver standings and the constructor standings, shall we? Very In plum last place, we have Nicholas Latifi. Um, behind Hulkenberg. Can I just say, um, Latifi's got <laughs> the same number of points as De Vries this year. Yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> and Devry hasn't driven in a competitive session. <laughs> Whatever. Um, he's also got the same amount of points as Schumacher this year, so. Haha. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Schumacher hasn't got any points. Uh, Joe has one. Stroll has two. Stroll has two. Albon has three. Albon's got more than that. Stroll. He's only got one less than Fernando Alpha. Alonso. This man's on fire. Uh, Seb's got four. Gasly's got six. Ricardo Ooh. is 12th with 11. Yuki's 11th with 11. Uh, nice. K-Mag's 10th with 15 Ocon is 9th with 30 Bottas is 8th with 38 well done, It's sir. an Alfa Romeo Lando is 7th with 39 Very good Lewis is 6th with 46 Sainz is 5th with 65 Nah, it's underperforming That's just Ru sad Russell's 4th with 74 Perez is 3rd with 85 and then there's a bit of a jump to Leclerc second, 104, and Max leading the way on 110. That is less than a race win, though, so if that could easily mm, flip and Easily. Ferrari won two in uh, Monaco, and that's gone. Yeah, mm -hmm. really is. On to the constructors. In P10, Williams are last with three points. Uh, in, we t in P10, Williams are last. In P10 are Williams with three points. Aston mm -hmm. P9 with six. Haas at eighth. We, we sort of told them they've like, uh, had a really good year. They're still eighth with 15. I I feel like they are sort of underperforming recently. I think that K-Mag performance in Bahrain is sort of still in people's heads. And they've missed mm. out on a lot of points this year that they yeah. probably could have claimed. I think that's fair. Alpha Tauri 7th with 17 points. Alpine 6th with 34 points. Alfa Romeo 5th with 39 points. 38 of which are Bottas's. McLaren are fourth with 50 points. Mercedes are third with 120 points. That's a massive gap between third and fourth. Massive gap between second and third as well. Ferrari second, 169 points. Nice. And Red Bull are first with 195 points. Red Bull have really quite stroken. That's not a word. They've streaked away with that. Yeah, I mean, they kind of come out of nowhere. I mean, stroking, that's a very, very weird term to use. Their <laughs> I don't know where that came from. <laughs> They've stroken away. Um, yes, they have sneaked away. Um, that streaked, works. Wait, they sneaked or streaked? 
I prefer stroken, to be honest. I think streak sounds a bit weird as well. I'm not sure. They snuck away with it. There we um, go. They, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, to be fair, it was at home this weekend for Ferrari. What, no points and what's fourth? Twelve points. With Red Bull taking a maximum point, and you know sort of how the weighting is in F1, the win pays out a lot bigger than everything else. So, uh, I mean, no, like, nothing's over yet. We're only race six. The gaps aren't that big. It's what six points? Did you say between? Leclerc and Verstappen, you know, Mercedes are back in it now, possibly. Can they get back into the fight? Who knows? I think we're, we're sat really well for the rest of the season, honestly. I can't wait for Monaco. Well, it's only a race win between um, Max and Checo. Is it? Yeah, it's 25 points. Hey, one more DNF for Max. You I mean, see? Do you know what we, we, we should have mentioned on this, on this episode so far? Max has won every single race where he's not DNF'd. Yes. I think he's insane. That, that form is crazy. Yeah, that is bonkers. That is bonkers. Um, Ferrari have said, just really quickly, about um, Leclerc's... Uh, what's the word? Retirement. Uh, it's MGUH and MGUK, which they found damaged. So that explains that. That's why his engine suddenly went pop. New power unit in Monaco, and could mean a penalty later in the year. Yes, it could. He needs to finish in Monaco, though. First of all, let's let's get that mm. out of the way. Um, the we will preview Monaco nearer the time, but obviously the weather forecast at the moment is rain on Saturday, but a lot of rain on Sunday. So I wouldn't mind seeing a wet race in Monaco. I can't remember the last time I saw a wet. That would be wet Monte Carlo. That would be mouth. I think we need watering. it. Mouth watering. We're relying on a wet Monaco to <laughs> save F1 2022. That would well, maybe not. Be safety maybe cars. Yeah, I think yeah. save, maybe not, but make it even better. But Marlando would never go back into the pits. He'd just do the Grand Prix mm. at that point. Um, 25 right. points. Yeah, <laughs> 25 points to Burn Marlando, which would probably put him, what, like 10th in the standings? Yeah, I don't I know. I mean, it'd put him ahead of Latifi, so. Oh my gosh, <laughs> it would put him ahead of loads of people. It would oh, yeah, put it him. 10th in the standings <laughs> with 25 points 5 behind Ocon in 9th uh, anyway please follow us on Instagram at tracktalk underscore on Twitter at underscore tracktalk search Spotify and Apple Podcasts at tracktalk please leave us a 5 star review on iTunes and leave a little comment as well that would really help us out anything to say Charlotte and Jay before we end the podcast oh my god that rhymed anything to say Charlotte and Jay Charlotte and Jay wow what a lyricist you that. Um, I want to say that the very basically Stormzy <laughs> Devry. Devry. I don't want to say Devry, that's it. I'm, I'm, yeah, that's what I'm going to say. I'm going to end the podcast how I started it. A nice full circle. What a performance by him on Friday. Give him a shot in the Merc uh, for when Russell will have to sell FP1. I Cheers. saw a thing. Apparently, he is going to get one or two this season. What, two, one or two? Oh, is it? Mate, give, him all, give him all two. Give him two. <laughs> give him all two. <laughs> give him all two. I'll, I'll take all four, but I realise I'll take two. <laughs> Give him, give him both of them. That's what I'm looking for. And put him, and, and if he's the McLaren as ever, she is. Put him in McLaren as well. Oh my God. Thanks. Cheers, Toto. Um, I just want to say thanks to listeners for uh, still listening at this point because this was a long one. <laughs> um, but yeah, bring on Monaco, uh, and I'm intrigued to see how the cars continue to keep doing with updates being made. See. So am I. I'm really intrigued to see Monaco, because in 2021, it was god-awful, as was the TV direction. 
So hopefully they both the racing and the TV directors. You might improved. see more of um, Lance Stroll. Oh, yeah, I want to see another Lance Stroll one. What's like what Verst- do? Verstappen and Leclerc are battling down to Sandavon, and then you just see Lance Stroll just going around through the tunnels and like that. <laughs> Absolute scenes. Of the TV in the pits. <laughs> Or, like, or, 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 or crowd shots. They seem to love crowd shots this year. We'll probably just see some yeah. like celebrity. Well, at oh, Monaco gosh. last year, because it's the Monaco people that do the TV direction and not F1 themselves, they just shot Leclerc the whole time. He wasn't even in the race. <laughs> and then a minor yeah. thing would happen and they'd go, has Leclerc reacted to this? And pan to him. And it's like, I don't care. He's not in the race. Show me the track. Not that there was much happening on oh. track. I said that I can get down to Biggin Hill, but I can't get over to Monaco by, by the weekend, so... If it goes uh, wrong, it's not my fault. That's unfortunate. Get on the phone to your friend Nick DeFries. I'm sure he lives there. Um, yeah, he does probably. All right, we will be back to preview Monica. We might have another special episode in the week as well. Uh, but thank you guys very much for, for coming on and chatting. It's been a great... What are we on? Monday evening. Monday evening. been a great Monday evening. It has. I mean, you just told everyone that we don't record this on Sunday night. But... Hated. <laughs> <laughs> Would that not be obvious by the fact that it's come out on Monday evening? Is it? I don't know. Right, we, guys, we should wrap up. Thanks we record God. it sometimes <laughs> on, on Sunday night. It depends. We're very busy. But thank you very much for listening. We will see you midweek for a Monaco preview. Goodbye. Goodbye.